Thanks for tuning to Digital Voices Podcast, where we chat digital transformation, challenges and opportunities across healthcare and life sciences. And now, your host, Ed Marks. Digital Voices with Ed Marks, and I have my guest today, Jared Venema from, uh, I want to say Canada, uh, but he's the CEO of LiveSwitch uh, Incorporated. Jared, welcome to Digital Voices. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Yeah, what's really exciting about this particular drop is this will be the first time we've had anyone who's got a ton of experience in other industries, also healthcare, uh, which we'll get into, but lots of other industries that have been disrupted through the use of real-time audio, video, and data, uh, and what we can do in healthcare, what you have done, and what else can we do in healthcare. So I'm really excited about this. But before we get going, Megan, have you ever worked with any sort of live stream apps that you know incorporate this real-time uh, capability. I don't know if they were specifically live stream apps, but I like during the pandemic experienced all kinds of streaming from you know my bar class or church. Um, I got to experience a lot of things via streaming when we couldn't go anywhere. Yeah, yeah, those are good, and I think uh, I think Jared's going to shed more light for us, right, about other things that we can mix into that virtual. Uh, experience to make it even more robust. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's what I'm super excited about. So we first met actually as we were recording, but we met through a mutual fa- friend uh, who's uh, you know very enthusiastic about all things live streaming and, and technology and digital capabilities outside of healthcare. Uh, and he was like, Ed, you have to meet this Jared and, and his company. And they're really doing some really cool things that have a lot of applicability to healthcare. So hence we're here. But Jared, if you've ever listened to any of our previous episodes, we asked two standard questions of all of our guests. And the first one is songs on your playlist. So what do you like to listen to when you know you're chilling? <laughs> yeah. So right now uh, on, on my playlist is uh, I've got three kids. So I have the Disney hits <laughs> going on right now. Uh, so that that's definitely, yeah, that's always being played over and over and over and over. <laughs> so I got that one. And I've been uh, listening to, uh, I, have you watched Hamilton? Yes, of course. Yes. So I've got the, the, the whole playlist of Hamilton and it's, you know, that's just, I, I love good music, uh, musicals and stuff like that. Good story. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've been listening to that. Yeah. Hamilton was brilliant, but I have to admit, I didn't get it. I saw it live like three times, but I didn't get it. So I finally watched the streaming version and it had the subtitles. It's a little <laughs> easier to understand when you can like, actually oh, read the subtitles there. Yeah, yeah oh, that was what he's, Yeah, that it, it's just brilliant. Obviously brilliant writing and, you know, acting, choreography, everything is, is quite, yeah. quite something else. Um, what about your personal life mission or, you know, is there something, words that sort of guide you or give you inspiration? Uh, yeah. So my, my kind of guiding, uh, principle in general is, is what can you do to simplify? Um, you know, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this ad, especially in the context of health, but you know, just in general in technology, I think as well as I, you know, you know, people like to make things complicated. They really do. Uh, you know, just whether it's technology or, or people interactions or, or, or business in general, like people like to try and make things complicated and, and, it doesn't have to be a lot of the times. Uh, I've got some great stories to tell you about some of that stuff. But, uh, you know, I try and keep in mind, how can we simplify things? Yeah. Everything that I'm doing. Yeah, I, I love that. Uh, and I think you're right. I think our job as leaders and creators is to take the complex and make it simple if it's not absolutely very complex. But if it's not, if we're inventing it, we just start with simplicity. 
uh, yeah. from the beginning. It's a lot harder than it sounds, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. So the other the other thing I want to know about you, Jared, because you have a fascinating background. And I know you started the company, you know, what, 20 years ago with your brother? Um, uh, yeah, it was 15-ish, but yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your journey. It could be personal, professional, you know, that got you to where, you know, your company is today. Yeah, sure. So I, I started, um, well, let, let's start with, I'm in Vancouver. Um, and this is, I was actually born in this area, but I didn't live here for very long. So uh, I moved to Toronto, Ontario when I was young. Uh, I lived there for, you know, a number of years, a dozen years or so. And then I actually moved to Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay. And I lived there for 20 years. So um, I'm a dual citizen, um, you know, and I, by the time, by the time my parents decided that they were going to leave Raleigh, because I moved down there with my family, um, you know, I'd already gone to college and I was engaged and everything else. So they left and came back up to Vancouver here. And I was like, no, I'm just going to stick around. So I ended up staying there for like another 10 years on top of that. So, you know, dual citizen, love being in, in North Carolina. Um, and that's where our other headquarters is now for our company. So that's, that's fun. Um, uh, but you know, I've managed to move back here. <laughs> right. uh, and we did that back in uh, about 20, 2018 or so, uh, 2017, 2018, somewhere in there. So it, it's been, it's been an interesting, an interesting journey. I started the company in 2008 while I was still in Raleigh with my brother who's up here. Um, and we had a small amount of angel funding, uh, from some family to, to try and just basically do something. Uh, they showed a, a lot of faith in us early on, yeah, That's nice. <laughs> so, you know, so we had a whole business plan, uh, none of which actually came to fruition. The thought we were the way we were thought we were going to, of course, but, uh, at the end of the day, you know, they, they believed in us enough to get something going. So, uh, so we started the company with the idea of, of trying to create collaborative online services, right? Like this is back, you know, 2008, right? iPhones have just come out. Internet Explorer 5.5 is still around. You know, this is, right. this is terrible technology days, right? <laughs> um, and so we said, hey, what if we could make a Word document online and make it collaborative? You know, now we've got yeah. Google Docs that does yeah. that, right? But uh, that was a new idea back then. It didn't exist. Uh, so we built the engine to kind of power something like that and then realized we had no money to keep going. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we said, let's see if we could sell the engine. Uh, yeah. And lo and behold, it did. So we had a kind of a push system for doing like live chat and collaborative, uh, you know, platforms online. And uh, people started using it to do push of images, wasn't really supposed to do that, but we were right. like, hey, if you want to push stuff and you can push images, I guess. Um, and then around that time, I was traveling a lot, right? So I was traveling for work and, um, you know, I got to the point where I just had my, my son had just been born and he was probably about uh, uh, three years old, right? And so we, we, we had an iPad and it had a coloring book app in it. And, you know, he liked using the coloring book yeah. app. And I was, while I was traveling, I was like, man, I wish, and th at night I could get back to my hotel room and I could just, you know, I could grab my iPad, he could grab his and we could, you know, we could do this coloring yeah. book team, right? Like yeah. I want, I wanted to spend that time with him. Um, cool. And there was no, like, there were no applications that would let you collaborate. I was like, this thing has a microphone, it's got a camera. Yeah. Why can't I do this? I just want to plug communication into this thing that my kid likes, right? Uh, so we decided to go ahead and take the idea of like what we'd already had, 
bolt on this idea of real video streaming into it and say, hey, can we create a, a solution that will allow people to embed video into other things, right, that are that are inherently in need of some sort of collaboration. So we went down that road and, you know, built some some products around that. We uh, we made it compatible with uh, the technology called WebRTC, which is actually what we're using here today in, in this platform. Yep. So, uh, you know, pioneered by, by Google and Firefox back then, uh, we were the first ones to market with a native SDK, like for, for actual native apps for iOS, Android, Windows, and Mac. So we were right at the forefront of that yeah. uh, as, it, as it took place. And then, of course, you know, over the years following, we grew that and the pandemic hit and exploded everything uh, in the video conferencing world. So that's been an interesting journey. Yeah, no, that's that's fascinating. And I'm curious, your kids, are they um, American citizens, U.S. citizens or Canadian or both as well? They're both as a result. Yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. Uh, being yeah. Free school, I sort of grew up that way, too, but with, in Germany. So oh, nice. Very nice. Yeah. So tell me, tell us about some of the industries that you've just dis- helped disrupt. We'll get to healthcare in a, in a second, but just kind of some of the cool things that you've already done in other industries. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting. We've um, because we're a video streaming platform. It's it's a blessing and a curse. Um, it's great in that we serve every market. It's terrible in that we serve every market. Right. Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, so so we get to see really interesting applications of of very unique solutions. Uh, being implemented, you know, kind of across the board. One of the ones I think that we've we've been, I don't know if we've, we, I would say disruptive, but certainly pioneering is we have a lot of customers in augmented virtual reality. So those, those platforms are inherently in need of communication of some sort, in particular yeah. virtual reality, like you put on a headset, you put on your earphones, and all of a sudden you're in this isolated world with just you. It's right. terrible. Uh, but if you can bring other people into that, Okay, now it's a now it's you know now it's engaging and now it's something that you actually want to experience with somebody, right? Like people hate losing connection. Our 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 whole goal as a company, like our you know stated goal, is to build human connection, right? Yeah. So we get to do that in that world, and that it because we support that environment out of the box, you know, we, we definitely are um, kind of a a leader in that particular area. So that's yeah. that's definitely one area, and then. Over the last year, I would say, or two years, I would say in COVID, we've definitely had some real disruption in media and entertainment. That's been wild to see. Um, yeah, because the, everybody had the, uh, the in-venue experiences shut down. So anybody who was doing media and entertainment with a venue was like, okay, what do we do? Yeah. Right? So like, how, you, how are we going to survive this? Yeah. Can you give an example? Absolutely. So uh, one of the biggest ones, we, we with our partner, uh, the Famous Group, we won, a, you know, just a gob of awards for our virtual Thunderdome experience that we put together for the WWE. Oh, that's so are you familiar great. with wrestling? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Keep going. This is a great example. Yeah. So this this was a lot of fun. So, uh, you know, the, the WWE came to us uh, with the Famous Group and said, hey, guys, look, the problem is what we do is entertainment, right? Like we have to have an audience. You can imagine that, you know, if you're, if you're in an arena and you're watching these guys doing this wrestling and all of a sudden there's this huge body slam on the mats and crickets, right? eh, It doesn't really work so well, right? Like there's no reaction from a crowd. So you can't have just like 
I don't know, paper cutouts in your stand. It doesn't work. Right. So what we did is we actually took the feed from the stadium and we broadcast it in sub-second time to, you know, thousands of fans all at home. And then we took their cameras from home and brought it back into the stadium. Interesting. In these giant wall that just filled the seats with screens. Wow. So you would actually, you could actually see in the stadium, you could just see all of these fans, you know, responding in real time to the things that were happening in the, in the venue itself. Um, it was, it was phenomenal. We did about 107 shows or something like that. Wow. With them. No, that, that's a great example. I think that helps bring it to life for those listening that, that understand conceptually, but are trying to pull it together as we speak and, and see if I see if I've come up with a good example. Again, I, I want to wait a little bit on healthcare, but you know, when, where I served at the Cleveland clinic, we were pretty well known for, for virtual augmented realities of the human body and, and doing education, medical school education, you know, doing cadavers and stuff. And we just put on, you know, the visor and we w- would lose that connection though, right. To other people. But yeah. with this sort of technology, we could have enhanced that by having other students or even the professor, the instructor come in that room with us. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Love it. Yeah. And then you could have you could have a hybrid where other people are joining you virtually or you can have it broadcast into a room where a bunch of people are sitting and they're talking and you're hearing them. And, yeah. you know, all of that's possible. All right. So surgically, I could be in, let's say, Berlin mm-hmm. and I'm doing a new technique that was pioneered by, you know, one of the great clinicians in Cleveland or Mayo Clinic. And they could come in with me, although they're still in Rochester, or Cleveland. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I love yeah. that. It's amazing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is good. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll come back. I'll, I'll come back to that. I didn't mean to jump ahead, but I was kind of getting excited about uh, some of it's the. It's easy to get excited about it. I, yeah, I do some, too. Some of the examples. <laughs> um, I wonder if before we head there to healthcare, because I know you've done work there as well, um, any other example of any other industry? You know, you gave the entertainment one and the AR, VR. Any other industry that might help sort of crystallize. We're in a number of other industries as well. I think the other one where we have, I wouldn't say it's nearly quite as disruptive, but I would say that it is, it has a very quiet but powerful influence, which is in the education space. So, um, you know, learner experiences is a a big thing. So I, I, even before I started this company with my brother, with Anton, um, we were, you know, we actually built an LMS for, for one of, you know, eventually sold for, I think a half billion dollars. Not, not, I didn't unfortunately get a piece of that, but you know, that's what it's sold for the thing we built. Right. right. Um, but the experience of the learners on that platform was always super critical. Like we would talk to the chief learning officer and he's like, we, we need to make the experience for the learner seamless. Like they, yeah. they can't be, their learning experience can't be interrupted by technology, right? It has to flow. And what we found was a lot of these, even to to this day, a lot of these learning platforms are, okay, here's your learning content. Oh, and then here's this separate thing where some instruction is going to happen. And there's, it's disjointed between the two, right? Like there's no smooth flow between, Hey, you're learning and you've got a question. Well, guess what? You better write it down and, you know, wait until you talk to your teacher some other time. Cause they're not online right now. And they're not right. going to talk to you anyway, cause they've got no way to do it. And they're not going to pick up a phone. So how do you, how do you improve that learning experience? How do you make it so everybody can really be collaborative around the content, around the actual learning that's taking place. And so since we again have that, that 
engine that can be embedded in stuff like a, like the coloring book idea right yeah. that you can embed it right inside and it can be part of the experience all of a sudden those those use cases in education became hey you know your instructors online as you're taking your your you know as you're going through your content yeah. Send them a quick message, have a three minute phone call and ask them or a video call and ask them that question and actually engage with them really quickly. Yeah. You know, that that possibility to, to say that's a disruptive change. I don't know. It costs people money to to do that and to integrate that and so on. And, you know, the, who wants to really put that effort in? But I can tell you from the chief learning officer's perspective, from the student's perspective, the experience for that is much better, right? Yeah. Significantly improved. Yeah, yeah. I, and again, it, it begets uh, some healthcare examples. You know, we, uh, I, I get together with these CIOs in uh, Ohio quite often, and I also know the CIO or chief digital officer from the Cleveland Museum of Art. In fact, we've had her on as a guest. And 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 what she was telling me, what they did, because similar to the examples you were giving where People couldn't come in to the museum, or if they did, it was you know very far spaced out, sort of lost that human connection. And they did a lot of what you're talking about to create this experience in the museum. So I brought her to this next meeting of these CIOs. I said, you got to listen to my new friend here, the CDO for the museum. And they were so all enthralled. And it's similar like the examples you're giving, Jared. Um, that you know we're recording in uh, November 2022, but in December 2022, our next meeting with all the CIOs is actually going to be a night at the museum, and she's going to take us through all these different things. And it's it's it's, it's yeah. really taken together all this you know in real time the virtual and the AR and you know some AI got through an AI there somehow. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get the but anyways, it's it is very exciting. So. We will head to healthcare right after this next question because it might help as well. Where do you think we're headed? So, to the extent that you can share, you know what what sort of next level? Uh, where do you think we're headed? You know, in in generally speaking, not a specific industry, but just in general with this. Yeah, I, I'd say so. Here's the what I see that's that's really interesting, right? I mean, we've got of course everybody's seen the trends with AR and VR and that thing that that's that's coming i mean there's no question that it's going to come it's just a question of when or who hits the killer app or yeah. exactly how that looks I, I think i think i could safely say that that's happening there's enough investment there's enough people are you know that that's been an area where people have been spending money for probably 10 years right uh, i think a few companies are actually making money finally uh, not tons but a few um, so that's a thing, but I think even more interesting than that is, you know, if, if you're, you know, you're, you've got the connection point and you're building that connection it's, and it sounds good and it looks good and we're able to, you know, have this conversation and, and chat. Okay, great. Now, now you've got an experience that you're building. You might enhance it with AR or VR, but then there's a, a question. And I think in the medical world in particular, there's a question of, okay, what information are we losing? What are we not tracking. And that, you know, if, if you look at how much data, even just in this call that we're sending back and forth here, right? Like how much yeah. information is lost that we're never going to get back? My expression, your reaction to something, yeah. uh, the, the text of the conversation itself. So starting to, you know, the, your, your comment about AI, it's, it's when it comes to audio video, anything that does analysis is pretty much AI because it almost yeah. has to be. Being able to say, "Hey, let's let's extract value from the conversation in a in an electronic form, more than just in you know more than just what we have at, uh, 
between the two of us and continue to derive value from that going forward. Right. Um, you know, you could, you could certainly see, Hey, if I was, um, teaching in an education setting and my students wanted to be able to search for particular things we were talking about at some future date because they're studying for an exam, being able to have an index that has all of the content that we discussed and be able to search by it by keyword and find that moment in the the conversation. That's a valuable thing, right? So there's a lot of information I think that we we lose sight of. And right now there's cool things on the AI world that do analysis. There's cool things on the audio video side that do the transfer. The bridging of the two, yeah, it's not done very well right now, honestly. Yeah. All right, so let's, well, one quick example, like an early example, it just made me think of it, was like 2010, I was a CIO at Texas Health Resource and the top heart surgeon in the, in the, in the tech, let's just say Texas, he, he was uh, dealing with a patient came in for a heart attack. He's on the table, had only had minutes to save his life. And, uh, and it was a, one of these rare things, but he remembered in medical school, this, you know, this one in a 1 million type of uh, procedure and he could not remember. I mean, he would have done his very best, but he had access. I mean, this is a very primitive version of what we're talking about here, but imagine it now on steroids, like what you've done, but he had access. We had installed PCs at the time in the ORs. And then he went and it was like Google and he did a search and he found a French medical book that had some pictures and things. And he, he followed them and did the surgery and the guy lived, you know, it was yeah. an early version, you know, of what yeah, we're talking th- about. That's exactly right. I mean, if you think about, um, you know, I want, I'm always impressed by <laughs> Google's mantra, right. Of, of organizing the world's information. That's a, that's a pretty behemoth type of task yeah. to t- take on. But if you think about where we'd be on the internet without something like Google to organize it, right? Yeah. Well, we'd, we'd have indexes and we'd have, you know, ways of finding things, but it would be very inefficient. If yeah. you take that same context and uh, concept, excuse me, and say, what happens to the terabytes, you know, petabytes of data that are flowing through video and audio conferencing calls these days yep. and is not getting organized? Yeah. That seems like an opportunity. Right. So kind of riffing a little bit now, um, you in a video console, typically like what we're having right now, the outcome is going to be a podcast, but you know, people listening realize we, we can see each other as we talk like a video meeting and uh, we're not capturing, like you said, a lot of data, but let's just say I'm a clinician talking to a patient and and the system is picking up on all these nonverbal cues, right? Yeah, like, oh, exactly. he's shaking a little bit. Like things I might not even notice with the human eye, but sh- shaking, voice, intonation, all these different markers that yes. would then interact data-wise with the electronic health record, which, by the way, has their genomic profile in there because of the <laughs> genetic sequencing. And then in real time, prompting the doctor, hey, ask about this, yeah. ask about that. Yeah. Yeah, you, you're so you're so picking up on it, Ed. Uh, the, so back in twenty, oh, I want to say probably about twenty fifteen, I actually wrote a system where you could. It, it was for, uh, you know, what I'm not even sure if I'm allowed to this day to talk about what it was for. It doesn't really matter. Right. It can look at a a, a, a video feed, um, and through the 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 change in the green hue of this in the spectrum can actually monitor your pulse rate. Yeah, right. I'm sure. Yeah. So for for a patient and a doctor, you literally just have to be on camera. Yeah. And it might not be diagnostic quality, but can you can you get a, a sense of their heart rate from it without having to have a single instrument? Yeah. yeah. 
How yeah, cool dude. is that? No, it's very cool. Cause you know, one of the biggest knocks again, so I, I, everyone knows, you know, it's heard, heard me speak or podcast or whatever. They know that I'm a little frustrated that healthcare is so far behind. There's so much more we could do like things that we we're talking about. And you know, the biggest knock, so I'm a big believer in video visits for, for uh, healthcare. Like don't drive anywhere when you have a computer. That's <laughs> kind of my rule. I rule simplicity. If you have a computer, you don't need to drive. So, uh, but the, the frustration from a patient point of view is so many times, I want to say like 80% of the time, the end of a video visit, the doctor says, oh, you better come on in, right? Because they can't see, they can't detect the heart rate. And, and we, there's some, right, we do, we, we're now deploying physical mechanisms, which are very expensive. And then people don't know how to hang, you know, hook it up to their wireless and they have all sorts of tech issues. But that's where we are. But, but imagine if, you know, we were past that and it was truly like what we're just talking about. You would have a much higher um, efficacy, efficiency of that medical interaction. You wouldn't have to come in. There'd be this real-time diagnosis, and and everyone would be happier uh, and, yeah. and a better outcome at the end of the day. Better so, outcomes, right? Yeah. Better outcomes through and and it comes down to again that that question of how can you make it simpler, right? Like sending sending physical devices. We have customers that have our SDKs embedded in their in their hardware that yeah. they ship to their patients, like. That's a thing, and and our customers do that today. Um, but is that a little convoluted? If you just need a heart rate, right? Yeah, All right. That's yeah. a little much. Can we get away with something else? What other options do we have? Yeah, that's just kind of the. You have to look at it from a historic. Even though you're in the middle of the history, you still have to take a historical perspective. And it's like, man, that if that's what it takes. Like I, I did that before. I've deployed you know, hardware kits to people's homes and send them all mm -hmm. over and set up. And it, the usefulness, the effective range of, the, of that equipment is is very short and then they have to send it back in or no one wants dirty equipment and someone else. You know, it's yep. a logistic nightmare in the cost. It's ridiculous where you can invest the cost in the stuff we're talking about right now and it's much more effective and efficient. Um, yeah, so. exactly, exactly. All right, so before we kind of go on this, this uh, trajectory of thinking of other ideas, I know you've already worked in the healthcare space. Is there, is there some other examples of some things that you you've done or helped companies? <laughs> I, I realize you're you're kind of providing the SDKs yeah. the infrastructure for some of these companies to do their thing. Yeah, there's probably dozens. Uh, honestly, uh, we've done so many different types of integrations. Yeah. Hardware is a few is one of the the more obvious ones, right? Like if you got a medical device or yeah. of some sort, right? Uh, you know, embed the video right directly into it, so you ship it to your to your user, uh, and they just kind of you know, plug it in and start using it and they can stream to their doctor, right? That's, you know, yeah. you've got a, whether it's a multi-scope or, you know, whatever, right? And yeah. anything that you can embed streaming into. And since our, our, our platform can be like embedded on the hardware, they literally just get a device, plug it in and go kind of thing, right? Yeah. Like that's that's their their goal. Uh, so that's definitely one. Baby monitors, we've, we've been embedded in baby monitors before. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's obvious, you know, for, for moms, dads, you know, yeah. they want to go away from their, their house or leave with the babysitter or whatever. They still want to be able to check it from or, wherever or they're at. Right? Or, like, or like us, we're empty nesters now. My wife's always concerned about the dog. So yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Same, same thing. Right. Um, so that's, that's definitely a, a, a pretty, pretty critical one. Uh, neonatal care. We've seen, you know, yeah. for again, same kind of concept, right? But if you're, you know, want to, um, you know, view, have a view of that, uh, that NICU, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's important for those parents, right? Like, yeah. that, especially if they're there for an extended stay, you can yeah. imagine how painful it is to not be able to see that. Yeah. And with the uh, incorporated data, right? Cause I, I was fortunate to be part of teams that we pioneered that. Yeah. Maybe 
I want to say 20, I'm just guessing off the top of my head, maybe it was 20 years ago, maybe 15 years ago. Yep. And, uh, but what was missing, uh, we finally got the two way audio and figuring out how to filter everything, you know, so the sound doesn't like scare the baby or anything. Right. Um, yep. But what was missing is all this data pieces, right? We right. didn't, we didn't know How's like, the baby doing? right. We'd have to ask what's the temperature or, you know, what's right. the pulse rate, but this way you could have it like literally on the screen. That's right. Yeah. yeah. All this live, is, you know, yeah. this is so that's, great. Let, let's think of one or two more ideas on, um, you know, the one I mentioned earlier was real, like, uh, the surgical surgical thing, right. You yep. have these specialists and they actually they literally, and I won't get specific, but they literally sometimes travel from some city in the United States, somewhere overseas. Think about the loss of productivity. Yep. They're going to help that patient over there or two patients, but they've, lost productivity of helping 20, you know, yeah. uh, because yeah. you have to be there. But if you could do a lot of this virtually. Um, yeah. And we have customers that they, they, they have this, uh, what they call a, a remote expert, right? Yeah. Uh, and it could be for, I mean, that's also very cross industry, but the idea of, Hey, I'm going to put on a, put on a headset, uh, that, that has a camera in it. Uh, you know, maybe a small screen or something like that, a little bit of audio, uh, and let somebody else, let a doctor who's remote come in and join and, and yeah. see what I'm seeing literally over yeah. my shoulder. So now I'm a, you know, I'm a doctor in, in Germany and I want to grab a consult from a doctor, you know, in New York. Well, yeah. guess what? I can do that. And they're literally seeing the patient in front of me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that's pretty fascinating. We, we were working on, um, you know, doing, uh, operating some of the robotics remotely. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And def- so that's another uh, use case that is, I think is going to explode at some point The the technology is there. Um, maybe the networking, sometimes people are a little concerned cause you know, obviously it's becomes super critical. Um, yeah. but, but yeah, those are some amazing examples, uh, that I could see being used. And right now there's a lot of burnout in healthcare. The biggest complaints from clinicians are, our burnout. So as I'm saying that, I'm just, you know, kind of riffing with you, like how, how would something like this potentially help nurses at the bedside? They got to take care of a lot of patients. Uh, but maybe now they don't have to be in that route. Like they don't have to walk like 300. It depends yeah. on the hospital, right? They, they might walk 500 yards between one room and another room and they get called. Uh, but could they be in a more centralized location? We've but, done those kind of yeah. uh, systems as well, where it's, yeah. it's kind of like more of a, a triage kind of system, yeah. uh, like a nurse triage desk where they can at least keep an eye on things and, uh, and so on. Uh, we've also done nurse training, right? Yeah. Where you've got a, a nurse who's like up in Alaska or something like yeah. that. How is she going to get her, her in-person training done by a senior nurse? Right. There's nobody and, there. And Jared, and yeah, and Jared, in my example, cause I know some listeners will be like, well, we kind of do some things like that today, but that's only strictly with video. What we're talking about here is like one level deeper. Like if they did have uh, AR, VR capabilities, you, you would feel like that nurse was there with you. Exactly. So it's, it's human. You still have, yeah, it's, it's, human. it's much, it's much closer. Uh, that's actually, you know what, that's a good point, Ed. Uh, I, and I think that's worth calling out. I, I forget that every once in a while is, you know, um, I, I've had a lot of interesting conversations with people's, you know, partway through the pandemic, even continuing on now where they're looking at what we do and they say like, you know, are people coming to you, tired of video calls and what what really we've heard more than anything is they're not tired of video communication per se but they are a little tired of you know like 
the zoom the zoom boxes yeah, right. if you want to call it that right the 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 team's yeah. box it's what can we do to go past that to do to create something that's a a better experience can we make this a a 3d thing can we make this you know tied in with the 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 problem I'm trying to solve more effectively, like how can we tie this? It, it comes back to that experience, right? Like what can yeah. you do from a user experience perspective to make it suck less? Yeah, like, right. Exactly. You know, yeah. that, that's, that's really what it is. Jared, this has been so much fun. We really like burned through. I, I had so many questions and uh, we only got a couple cause we were just uh, so fascinating. Um, cause I wanted to talk to you. Maybe we'll have you back again some other time about from a startup mentality. Like you did this, you and your brother, yeah did a startup in 15 years uh, in the making. And uh, I, I want to talk to you a lot about leadership, but unfortunately, just because of time, I, I'll, I'll kind of wrap it up with this. You know, we talked a, a lot. I won't even review what we talked about, but we talked about a lot of things <laughs> and how it's so cool, one, but the applicability to healthcare is real and uh, is for and so many different benefits along the quality and cost lines. Uh, but did we miss something that, that you'd like to share or double down on something we already talked about? No, the one thing I would double down on is the simplicity one, man. Uh, yeah. You know, I had I had a whole conversation. You know, you know, we're talking healthcare a lot here, so I had some interesting conversations with uh, some folks involved with the the government of California's response to to monkeypox, and. You know, I saw I, we had some conversations about, OK, what's the workflow going to be for your doctors and blah, blah, blah. And we went through the whole this whole rigmarole and they sh- they, they shared with me this giant workflow of all <laughs> of the steps that everybody's going to have to go through to report all of this information under all of these. And I was like, guys, holy crap, like you've got a monster flowchart here of all of these technical requirements and decisions that everybody's got to make. And I'm like, don't you already send labs? Like, what, why are we reinventing all of this stuff? Yeah. And so we went through the whole diagram. And I remember going back after we went back through the whole thing, this massive document that had like, it literally had hundreds of steps in it. By the time it was all said and done, they had everything with the exception of one thing that needed to be added. And that was just an onboarding step. That was it. Everything wow. else already existed. But they had this giant document like, oh, this is all the crazy new things we got to do to yeah. support this new. I was like, oh my gosh, this is mind blowing. So simplify it down, get it down, yeah. look at what you're really doing. What do you really need? It's yeah. amazing. It's amazing how bad people are at that. So keep that in mind. Yeah, we we are we 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 are our own worst enemy, and we have all these committees upon committees upon committees, and um, yeah, it's just yeah, it's a crazy world. We what we need to do is uh. Get you and your brother to do a, what's that called? Like a year long, uh, like a fellowship in healthcare and help really uh, <laughs> accelerate the pace of change. Because you know, the other thing, you know, not everyone is aware, and that's why we're talking, you know, on this podcast. Not everyone is aware of these capabilities. And 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 the, the other thing, you know, I, I've I've always like tried to encourage my peers and those who are growing in their career is like get out of healthcare and talk to people like Jared and other industries and. And learn and then bring that back into healthcare and accelerate this thing because we don't, we were, you know, time yeah, is, is time amazing is possibilities. Amazing yeah. possibilities. Oh, Ed, I, I, do we have two minutes? Can I talk yeah, about yeah. that? Yeah. Okay, sorry. I got I to share this one with you as well. Yeah. So I was talking, we have, uh, I, I'm uh, one of the people we work with, she's a uh, one of the leading dermatologists in the US. And so I was talking with her because she was doing a, 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 a virtual consult with somebody who uh, did not speak English. And so she was like, okay, I've got to call in my trans, my, my translator. She's doing a virtual consult. So in a browser, yeah. right? Like, uh, or in a video conference. And so she's doing the, she, she 
picks up her phone and I was like, what are you doing? Dials a number <laughs> so she can get a hold of her, her translator. Right. And then takes the phone, puts it on speaker, and puts it beside her computer so that she can right. do the yeah. translation. I was like, "Oh my gosh! Yeah. Like, what year are we in?" No you kidding. Know, yeah. This is this is the state of things at this particular point in time. Yeah. Uh, and this was this was like she was happy with this. I was like, "You've yeah. got to be kidding! This is so bad." So anyway. Yeah. No, that's a good, that's a good way of ending it. We, we got a long ways to go. The good news is, uh, I mean, a lot of people, if, if they knew they would, they would be supportive. Yeah. And, and so yeah. our job is, you know, to share what possibilities are out there and then, you know, get people to the other challenge in healthcare is risk, right? There's a, there's a, a shyness towards risk, uh, Absolutely. uh, for reasons, you know, of patient safety and equality yeah, and stuff like that. But, but then unfortunately it permeated throughout everything, whether there was quality issues or not. Um, but anyways, we're getting there. Jared, this has been fascinating. I, I'm so glad that we did connect and so glad that you're so willing to share uh, insights uh, that you've learned along the way in your company. And uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you for being on Digital Voices. It's been a real pleasure, Ed. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed the conversation. I, I wish we could have gotten more stuff, but I thoroughly enjoyed the. What I we know, did. that's right. We have to do part two for sure. All right, that wraps up Digital Voices. Thank you for listening to Digital Voices Podcast with Ed Marks. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe on your preferred streaming service and leave a rating and review. And most importantly, thanks again for listening.